You're listening to the Meeting Midway podcast, a podcast of Midway United Methodist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, featuring Pastor Jenny Andoni and Pastor Brad Biggerstaff. Over the course of the podcast, we'll hear how the church relates to the real-world issues that matter to you and how God loves us all. And now, let's meet Midway. sin and darkness whose love is mighty and so much stronger the king of glory the king above all kings who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless in all in wonder Son of daughter, the King of glory, the King of glory, who rules the nations with truth and justice, shines like the sun in all of its brilliance, the King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing
what you've done for me. I sing for all that you've done for me. Good morning and welcome to Midway Worship Online. Glad to have you with us this morning. I'm Pastor Jenny. Pastor Brad is away on vacation, a much deserved vacation today. And also ask you to hold him in your prayers as his a grandmother who has been in a nursing home has been taken to the hospital. And so we want to lift her and Brad and his family up in prayer. Let us now take a moment to greet one another online in the comment sections.
Father God, thank you. Thank you. Your grace is enough. Lord, thank you that there is none good, not one. And that we all fall short of your glory, Lord. We praise you that we all fall short so that your son could come and show us how to fulfill the law. Show us how to extend grace. Lord, we don't deserve it. We can never earn it. Please, Lord, remind us of that, that it is your gift, your gift of grace that overwhelms us, that it is an embarrassment of riches. We thank you, Lord, for your gift. We ask that you help us to extend it to each other in the body and to the world so that they know your son who came to model grace. Lord, we thank you for him, for his sacrifice, and for your boundless grace and loving kindness. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Midway has three candidates for ministry, Jarrett Wallace, Michael Stevens, and Emmy Neathammer. All three of these last month took the License to Preach School, and they have all been certified now as local pastors. And what that means is that 
they may receive appointments as they are available to uh, be appointed as the pastor of a local congregation. Jarrett Wallace, who will bring us our message this morning, has received an appointment as the pastor at Union Hill United Methodist Church, and he will be beginning that appointment on July 1st. I know you will join with me in congratulating him and holding him in your prayers as he begins this new ministry. Let us now go to God in prayer, and you may put your prayer request in the comment sections online. Let us pray. Oh God, we give you thanks for your great love offered to us through your Son, Jesus Christ, the grace you extended even before we were aware of your reaching out to us, of your working within our hearts to restore and transform us into the people you have created and called us to be. This is our enduring hope. Not that everything will go according to our plans or our selfish desires, but that your hope has been instilled in us through your Holy Spirit, so that no matter the sufferings we experience, no matter the struggles we face, no matter the injustice that seems insurmountable, we know that you are working in ways we cannot even fathom to bring wholeness and healing out of the brokenness and chaos of our lives and our world. Lord, transform us, even through our suffering, that we might learn how to endure the trials of life with faith, so that we would become people of Christ-like character, sharing with the world the hope of him who died and rose again, that only hope that will never disappoint us. We pray today, Lord, for those who have lost hope or who have never known that hope found only in you, for those in need of healing of mind, body, or spirit, for those suffering from the hatred of racism, for those working for the cause of justice, for peace officers who put their lives on the line to protect us, that they would be the people of character that warrant our respect and gratitude for their selfless service, for our nation and its political leaders, that they would work for the common good, realizing that the enemy is not flesh and blood across the aisle, but the evil powers of this world. We pray for our nation and world as we continue to battle the pandemic and for our church as we make preparations to open our doors again to worship you as your people face to face with one another, even as we seek your face this day and to do your will as agents of peace and love in the world that Christ came to save. We offer this prayer in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. A few years back, my wife and I signed up our son Christian 
for a running club here in Forsyth County, much to his chagrin. Part of the deal was if he puts forth any effort at all in this running club, that I too would run the season-ending 5K race in coming. Keep in mind, I used to be a runner. The operative words there, used to be. But how hard could it be to get back into shape after 20 plus years of virtually zero structured exercise? At the same time, I had the brilliant idea that I would start doing CrossFit with the guys from work. I mean, if you're gonna do it right, do it right, right? Well, as you can probably guess, the training and work were not as nearly as easy as the idea of getting in shape. I think I walked around funny for about three to four months prior to the 5K, but did lose some unhealthy weight and felt pretty darn good. Plus, I did run the race with my son, albeit he left me at the starting line, and I may have possibly torn my Achilles tendon about 25 feet from the finish line, but that is a whole other story. My point is that I endured the pain of exercise and the result was change, I was changed physically and mentally because distant running is a mind game. It's your mind over your body. What's the exercise mantra? No pain, no gain. Our text today also speaks to this notion of gain, or better yet, changing as a result of our pain and suffering. Hear now the letter of Paul to the Romans, chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, Rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we still were sinners, Christ died for us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our text starts with the acknowledgement of the audience for whom it was written. Those who are justified by faith. In United Methodist Church, we believe and hold fast to God's grace. Understanding grace is a gift from God. The undeserved, unmerited, and loving action of God in human existence through the ever-present Holy Spirit. And as such, we experience three kinds of grace of our life with God. The first being prevenient grace. The grace that comes before and calls us into relationship with God before we are even aware of God. It prepares us for the awareness of God's love. 
The second kind of grace is justifying grace. This is the grace that justifies and makes us right with God. Through experience and acceptance of this grace, pardon and forgiveness can be found. In other words, saved. This is saving grace. This is Paul's audience. Those who have experienced and accepted justifying grace through faith in Christ. He is speaking to those who were saved. Through our acceptance, through our justification, we have peace and are granted access to God's grace. In which we stand, Paul writes. Where justifying grace has changed in status with God, out of fellowship and relationship with God, to in fellowship and relationship with God. This grace that Paul now speaks of is a change in station or position in relationship to God. We are granted access to a place of God's grace, to a state of grace, a place where we now stand, a place where we now dwell, where we dwell and breathe in relationship with God. This state of grace is what John Wesley would call sanctifying grace. It enables us to grow into the image of Christ and leads to inward and outward holiness. This state of grace, it enables us to grow, to be changed, to become more like Christ. If this was a sales pitch for salvation, which it is most assuredly not, it sounds pretty good at this point, right? It does. But then there's the paradox of verse 3. We boast in our suffering, knowing that our suffering... You mean to tell me that even after my change in status justifying grace, in relationship with God, in my change in state, sanctifying grace, in access to God, I will still experience suffering? Suffering succotash. The answer is yes. Yes. After accepting Christ, after changing state of grace to be more like Christ, you will still experience suffering because unfortunately suffering is a product of our fallen world and sin you can look to verse 6 and 8 Christ died when we were weak ungodly still we were sinners and unfortunately we still are and thereby suffering still exists and if you recall, Jesus never promised that following him would be a utopian experience. In fact, in John 16, Jesus states, and I paraphrase, this world will bring you trouble. You will have suffering, he says to his disciples. This world, present existence, you will suffer. 
So we accept suffering as reality. The next questions are, what do we as Christians do with or in suffering? Do we let it beat us down and away from Christ? Or do we endure? Paul would suggest that suffering leads to endurance. One commentator said that endurance is the passage means to stay put without dismay. To stay put without dismay is to endure. We weather the storm of our suffering without turning away from God. A prime example from the Bible would be the story of Job. Job went through literal hell on earth, but he never once turned his back on God. Even in the face of, quote-unquote, advice from his three best friends, Job endured the suffering. Endurance is and yields spiritual fortitude for the long haul. When we endure, we become stronger. Our spirit becomes stronger. And from that comes character. The Greek for character in this passage is doitme. It means the process or result of trial, proving, approval, and proof of genuineness. This would be tested and tried character of one who endured without losing faith in God. Suffering leads to endurance, and that endurance builds spiritual fortitude, which produces a tried and tested character, someone who has been proven without losing their faith in God. And tested character produces hope. This is not the same magnitude of hope you began with in verse 2 that enabled the suffering to begin with. It is an even stronger hope. A hope built on hope. And this new stronger hope will not disappoint. This is a hope of our future existence with Christ. Suffering in the present yields and is built upon hope for the future. The now and not yet. We suffer now for the not yet, for the hope of the future. The state of grace in which we stand as Christians is also a state of evolution in which growth can and should occur. This state of grace is sanctifying grace, as you recall, where we grow to be more like Christ. Sometimes the process might not be pleasant. Sometimes in our suffering, there are things that I would call growing pains because we are growing. We are transforming to be more like Christ. The lyrics of Amazing Grace point to this state of grace of which I speak. The words say, Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace has brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. Through many danger, toils, and snares. Not one, but many. And I came through them all. 
It was grace. It was God's sanctifying grace that brought me through them. And it's the same sanctifying grace that will transform me, renew me, and make me more like Christ to lead me home. This growth is a recurring process that happens over and over as we grow to be more like Christ. It's not a one-and-done suffering and bam, you're like Christ. That's not how it works. It's a process. A process. An evolution that happens over and over again. On each revolution of suffering, endurance, character, and hope, we grow closer to Christ and Christian perfection, as John Wesley would say. Not flawlessness, but Christian perfection. This is typically the part of the sermon where I would tell a touching story of suffering, where the individuals come through all the better for enduring life's hardships, such as the Holocaust or the civil rights movement, or the marginalization of the oppressed, survival through war, or attacks of terrorism, battles with diseases, and the list goes on and on. But I'm not going to do that today. If there's one thing we all know, it is suffering. You do not need me to tell you stories of suffering to drive this message home. Because you have your own stories. We are living through our own stories of suffering. Global pandemic. Economic implosion that leads to job loss. Abuse of positional power and police brutality and continually eroding race relations. We have our own stories of suffering. We live our own stories of suffering. After the Oklahoma City bombings of 1995, Billy Graham said these words. At times like these, we will do one of two things. It will either make us hard and bitter and angry at God, or it will make us tender and open and help us to reach out in trust and faith. I pray that you will not let bitterness and poison creep into your souls, but that you will turn in faith and trust to God. During our suffering, we can't allow poison to creep into our souls, so much so that we lose faith. We must be receptive to the change happening in us. Sanctifying grace. A state of grace in which we stand. In which we live. Brothers and sisters, we live in a fallen and an imperfect world. A state of chaos. A seemingly state of endless suffering. But through Christ, we have been granted access to a state of grace. A sanctifying grace. 
where we can stand and grow and be more like Christ. Where suffering exists, yes, yet this suffering can be used as an instrument of transformation and perfection for those affected. As long as we don't lose faith. Be not dismayed. Do not lose faith. Do not lose hope. But stay put. Endure. Be transformed in the image of Christ. For endurance produces character. And character produces a stronger hope in Christ. And our hope in Christ will never disappoint. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This has been a very difficult time um, for our world, our nation, for families and individuals, and in so many different ways. And in particular, there's a lot of economic pain that people are suffering right now. And I just want to thank you for your continued generosity to to Midway, to, in support of our ministries. Uh, I've, I've been overwhelmed by your generosity in this time, and it's enabled us to help our ministry partner Meals by Grace even more because the need uh, for food and for families is even greater. So thank you for your continued generosity and support. Let us now offer to God our gifts, our tithes, and our very lives.
chose me It's always been a mystery All my life I've been told I belong At the end of the line With all the other night fights But I'll never get it right But it turns out that the ones you were looking for all this time And stage fright. David found a rock to a soul fight. You picked 12 outside us, nobody would have wanted, and you changed the world. The more love the storm gives, everybody's got a purpose. So when I hear that devil start talking to me, say, Who do you think you are? Well, I'm just nobody. May God go beside you to befriend you. May God rest above you to protect you. May God rest below you to uphold you. And may God dwell within you to comfort you now and forevermore. Amen. Live for 
been listening to the Meeting Midway podcast from Midway United Methodist Church. The doors to our community are open to all, and we invite guests to join us at our services on Sunday. We have a traditional worship service at 8.30 a.m. in our historic chapel, an acoustic worship service at 9.45 a.m. in our historic chapel, and a contemporary service at 11 a.m. in our modern sanctuary. For more information, check us out online at midwayumc.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.